by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code, with your host, <laughs> Charles Rosen, Did I say that? Harry Mullen, this thing about the, the, the real person, and we're going, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests, and all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. Well, we are back again on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Uh, and it's it's a beautiful day here in, in L.A. Diane, you just got here, right? I just drove in, yeah. To Southern California, you're not no. Uh, I figured you'd be talking to you in Louisiana, but no, I you're here. In, all right. No, I've been uh, white knuckling it here. So um, yeah, I, I'm coming in to see friends, and there's this doc at Cedar Sinai that I want to see. Oh, I hope that goes well. But well, great to see you. You don't look any worse for wear. I wouldn't know you drove. Uh, I thought you looked like maybe you drove in from the valley, maybe, or the South Bay. <laughs> Up from the South Bay. That's more like it, I think. Yeah. yeah. How is it by the like beach? I drove in from the valley. <laughs> How is it by the beach, Chuck? Uh, you know, it's a little uh, it's a little windy, a little chill, a little breezy, I should say. You know, about, about eight years ago, I started realizing that the summers that I remember in from Berkeley in Northern California – we're now happening right here in SoCal, and it has just been that climate trend. So it's a little chillier, but uh, a wetsuit will be on my body uh, in the imminent future. Has to be very know, nice, restless. Right on, and and you know, Drew, it's always good to see you, man. Um, the fans will be excited to know. Drew and I talked this week. He's going to try to help us with the California University shirt. So we're 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 working on that behind the scenes for for everybody. Um, how's it how's it all going with you? Oh, things are going good. You know, it's uh, spring in the southeast. The roses are blooming and every afternoon we have torrential downpours and thunderstorms and possible tornadoes. <laughs> yeah. Where are you? Yeah. Uh, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh. Okay. Uh, and Sarah, of course, Sarah here in Hearing Heron uh, from Us Weekly, how's all how's all going in New Jersey? Yeah, round out the weather report with a lot of <laughs> rain and wind. Good yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Good it's stuff. true. Well, it's the top. You know, it, 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 it's funny. Back in the day, it was like that old. It almost is something like you'd have from the like the play our town. You know, with them sitting on the porch. How's the weather? And this now it's 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 like the first order of business is get the weather out of the way. Well, last year at this time, Chuck, you called me one time because we kept on asking, "How are you doing with COVID?" We asked everybody that was ever on the show. Now we're at, now we've moved. We went to baseball, and now the weather. So we, we we're moving. <laughs> we're moving on. Right. I feel like that's an never, and never, hopefully, never going back to those COVID questions. Exactly. All right. Well, this is going to be a, a very exciting week because we're talking about the two episodes that end season two. I think they're really, really uh, important episodes for the show. Um, so I want to start with you, Chuck. Um, 
90210 is 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 blowing up. It's going great. And you're coming to the end of season two. Talk to me about what your thoughts were in putting this. Uh, Brenda and Dylan will start there going to Mexico. Well, the overriding thing that was happening around this time was that there was another show going on uh, that that Aaron and Mr. Spelling, uh, excuse me, Darren and Mr. Spelling uh, sold Melrose Place and uh, and used the the artifact of the artifice, I should say, of the era, the spinoff to to cement the relationship between the two shows. So. You know, for me, it was like getting, you know, oh, there goes my left hand just got cut off. You know, you know, do we grow, do we grow a new one? You know, it's almost like, what are we going to do with the interim? And I remember, you know, Steve and Jess and I and, and to a lesser extent, Karen, like, uh, what, what, what now? Because Darren really was moving in that way. So it was sudden because we didn't know. But certainly uh, because it was a spinoff. The spelling company wanted us to have uh, input into what was going on with the actor, that they wanted us to make sure that we were happy with the actor. I think that was the overriding first order of business. And uh, so, so Diane, did you, did you, you dressed Grant, right? You put his look together. Yeah, I to kind of, that yeah. look for Melrose Place as well. Um, you did the pilot of Melrose, you did that pretty much? I did. Uh, I, oh, great. I, uh, I don't know if you remember, but the Melrose cast requested me for their show. And it's a, it was, a, you know, I didn't know, I only knew Daphne, but clearly if they requested you, they were a smart cast. You know, all, they had to, all they had to do is, all they had to do is look what was going on on our screens and, and would realize well, that. Billing, well, the, I did what I, what we originally did was we worked with the network on, with Grant to get his look for 90210. Um, that leather jacket uh, was a big deal to the network. And uh, his look <laughs> as well, the black t-shirt, the whole nine yards. And uh, so we got that down. Uh-oh, did I lose you guys? Oh, oh no, I just, no, just put them on. I just put the picture up. That he leather just jacket was a Playing with deal. technology. And I'll tell you how we... <laughs> How we aged that jacket was I tied it to the back of my, my son's toy Jeep and they rode around the neighborhood. <laughs> wow. To get it just right. <laughs> wow. Wait, you um, know, in looking at the. We did a big photo shoot for Melrose Place and uh, all of that. Yes. Now and that then, was a good um, one. The yeah. cast requested me, but Mr. Spelling said I had to make a choice. That I couldn't do both, so and, I stayed with nine hundred two one zero. Right. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I never, I never knew. Uh, I never knew it was an either or. Right. I didn't yeah. even know what the conversation was, and you know, in that regard. Yeah. But, but certainly, um, what in looking at this episode, the Mexican uh, standoff when he's first introduced, what was interesting to me in the look that you put together for for Grant was that how it was different than what Dylan was wearing, even though Dylan sometimes could be associated with the same getup yeah. if that's what he he was wearing that day. He could have easily yeah, been there, wearing there a variation of that. James Dean thing happening there. Right. Yeah. But he, Grant was more willing to embrace that, whereas 
Um, that was something that the, the, the actor, Luke, didn't really want to go down that road. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we stayed with Luke. We stayed in the time period of, J of James Dean. We used all vintage shirts. He never, he rarely wore a contemporary shirt. Mm. So those were all vintage. Oh, interesting. Chuck, when we're talking about Melrose Place, um, do you remember when you first heard that that was happening and what your reactions were to this? I mean, you just said, you know, you were losing your, your left hand. Um, I'm just curious, though, because, it's, you know, it's a big deal. It's like having a team. You all go on the field, and now we're going to divide the team into two teams, and, you know. Yeah, no, I have to say, and I knew this um... – and this probably was the first time that I had to been confronted with that kind of situation. And it was something that would be stayed a guidepost for the next 15 years as I continued to be in the business, which was people are going to do for their career what they think is best for their career. And who am I to say that's not what you should be doing? Fair um, and I got to adjust because you're doing what you think is best for your career. And only once and I once only once or twice did I actually follow up with, even though it's the stupidest decision you'll ever make. Or a <laughs> really good one I once said to a network executive who didn't appreciate it when it got down to two writers and chose the other writer. I just said, catch me on the rewrite. That was the that's, you know, anyway, you know, so so it didn't. And besides, there was no time where we we had we had to get Mr. Pony done. We had to do things to do on a rainy day, and we had to do these two. And that's what that's what was going on in that period of time. You know. Uh, yeah, I I, I totally uh, get where you're going. Um, but I'm I'm curious because the crossover is happening, and you're gonna they're gonna be taking some of the characters. You know, Kelly's gonna go over there. Jenny's gonna do a bunch. She's gonna be Jake's gonna be coming here. She's gonna be going there. So it's important that you sort of maintain. Uh, what those characters are going to look like on the other show, I'd think, yeah? Yeah, well, of course. But, you know, it's an interesting thing here. I'm looking at – I'm going back to – I'm going back to Halloween, which was episode number 13 when she when she dressed uh, – you remember that one, Diane, I'm sure. Her, oh, her yes, well, I remember that one for a – Her frisky else. outfit. Her, yeah. <laughs> And and then some. So that was thirteen. In episode twenty-one, she had a real big scene to do relative with Andrea, having to do when she goes back and re, and everybody's talking about it and relives the compares their own um, sexual experiences at that point. That was twenty-one. And you go all the way here to Mexican standoff. All the ones intervene. She is never. She's got a nice fun role to go through and. In things to do on a rainy day, but we never really gave her a substantive hello, it's shining on you in a while. I just went through it. I mean, it was a lot, it was mostly Brendan Dillon, and, right. you know, in the group Cardio Funk, Baby Makes Five, you know, whatever it would be, um, in terms of the romance stories. So, um, you know, I remember at the time, uh, hearing that she was going to do that, and I really wasn't. Look, we were pretty we were pretty solid by this point, we felt, and even losing Darren and knowing that we were going into season three in real time, you know, we we were still we still had a lot of high confidence we were gonna have a really good season. We were gonna have you know, the beach 
again and and then and then getting Paris into the mix. So, you know, figuring that out really pretty quickly how to do that. So, you know, it wasn't a, that big of a threat to see Jenny going over there to beat Kelly, but I could see how it could have been. Sure. You know, if like like given whatever uh, you know, drama. And if you really want to know about drama, I mean, Diane is the one to talk to. She had to do I, I was grossed. I didn't know what was going on in the, the clothes racks, I would hear, but she knows. Um, but no the thing idea. is, and also, and also, but also it's very interesting because here she was having this profile in Mexican standoff and you dressed her so beautifully. I think it's some of my favorite outfits I've seen her have was in the uh, Mexican standoff. When she was in, yeah, they go down yeah, to Mexico. Made, I designed and made a lot of those for her. Those yeah. were uh, off the, a lot more. Oh, are you talking about Jenny? I'm talking about Jenny, really. And I'm not talking about this okay. one, Pete. I'm talking about the ones. This one? That one. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I feel like it's four fifty years ago and I'm pointing to Marlo Thomas going that know, girl, well, you know, I but um, because we, I finally got Jenny out of those floral dresses. <laughs> so what was that dress? Did you, did you design that one or did you find that? Um, so do you remember that, that little bottom was actually a, a beach cover up um, mm. that we paired with, um, an Indian necklace and uh, and that black tank. It it worked. She was uh, yeah. she was very she she was very appealing and 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 clearly from a character point of view, I don't know how you feel about this, uh, Sarah. But you know she she you know like pulled herself in. She wanted to flirt. She was an unhappy period of time for her. And this guy's flirting with her. And why not? I'll be crazy. Hey, she would have been just about any. She would have gone to Mexico if he would have invited her. You know, I mean, she was really in that frame of mind, I think. Yeah, and I think her clothes also reflect that. Like, she looks so, like, badass and, like, sexy. And she always I was, like, we so. remember Kelly like that, I feel like, for those, like, late high school years. And then she gets kind of conservative again as she gets older. Very conservative. Yeah, but I I thought her and um, Jake, Kelly and Jake always had, like, a weird, like, nice little chemistry and unresolved thing that I know was just to launch Mauer's place. But it, it actually was there, even though it's kind of creepy that he's older. So, it so. is very creepy that he's older. I yeah. agree with you. But there is a, a strong chemistry. Was there... I mean, I don't know, Chuck, how much you're involved with the Melrose thing. Well, you have to be because she's he's coming to the show and all this. But the, the whole <laughs> I, I'm involved. I'll tell you how I'm involved. <laughs> Mr. Spelling said to me, this is this is, you know, uh, true story. So it is what it is. Mr. Spelling said to me that he wanted me to share in the profits of Melrose because I'm giving something up. And he said to me, and I don't know if you guys have ever, if anyone's ever in a profit world in this silly world back in the 90s, and I'm sure it's even worse now, if somebody says you're getting the net, run for the hills. So I am involved because I get a statement every year saying how much in debt the show is and that has never made a dime. <laughs> Meanwhile, I am getting a profit from 90210 and to compare the two, what one is, but the other one's still in debt. You know, so, so all you would-be uh, moguls out there, do not take the net. Adjusted gross. Don't work otherwise. All right. No, uh, little business, of uh, course, there. Right? Business 101 there. For you. <laughs> Uh, great stuff, though. Um, I'm just, you know, I, I I actually now forgot where I was going. 
with that from that from that information. But no, I had nothing to do with anything of it. You know, I knew I knew I went to see my relationship with the show as I once Beverly, I don't even, you may remember this, Drew. I don't think you would have been necessarily on this group. It was the Jim Weatherall thing that there was a, a softball game between the crew of 90210 and the yeah. crew of Melrose Place. Yep. And we were winning, and we were winning the whole game and lost in the last inning. <laughs> you know, like basically how the Dodgers are playing this year so far. <laughs> um, speaking of baseball, but but that that was it. And then and then I didn't know Daphne Zanuga. So when she came in, she's a very nice person, and I did always enjoy her conversations with her. Otherwise, I I, I sat once at a table with Heather Locklear at the Golden Globes when she was nominated, and Jason was nominated, and Mr. Spelling didn't want to go and gave me the two tickets. That's it. I never watched an episode. I know they got back bad backlash for burning books. They burned some books. The writer Andrew, nice guy. The, the Andrew Show. Oh, that's right. That's right. Nice yes, that's right. Yes. And the soccer player. And you know, kudos to him. But he uh, he burned books, so that was kind of weird. Little... He burns the script that he wrote, or something like that. I yeah, think. I mean, you know, put it in the drawer. You never know. You know. That's business uh, number two. Number well, two point I think there. where I was going was Sarah brought up the point of you know the older relationship thing, but you so you have to address that because in the world of you in the world of nine hundred two and zero, Kelly is a certain age and 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 uh, Jake is. How uh, old was he? How old do you think he was? I mean, the Melrose Place kids weren't in college or anything; they were just like living and having jobs. Yeah. He was probably like twenty three. Sounds good to me. I would have gone even up to 25, but I, yeah. I prefer to, given that what the conversation is going, I prefer 23 to 25. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, um, you know, so again, it's a different, it, it, you know, this was the 90s, so it wasn't the 70s. Right. But it was, a, it still was, I mean, she's 17. If, if, if a guy who's, um, a little more in control of his, his whole, Karma would hear that. Who would be twenty three? Maybe would say, "Nah, not me." But it isn't. It isn't such a hor. You know, if horrible transgression. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I understand eighteen is the year thing. But it's sometimes, you know, in that situation, I don't know. It did, and and given who she was too, and we knew her, um, and just how flirty she was. I I want to ask you: Did they have sex in Melrose? Was it implied that they did? No. I feel like she was just on a couple episodes in the beginning, and if she was like chasing him, and he was like, "No, Kelly, you're too young," and then she went back to he, yeah, like Hills. He, he did. They run, they, did, they ran a setup on her. So, so then what? So this is she became like was, obsessed with him. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was really bizarre to see how obsessed the Kelly Taylor character was with Jake because Kelly really didn't it wasn't like that on 90210 at all. So it was a little bizarre to see her go full throttle that way for Well, because she was feeling really badly. She didn't have anything. She'd been alone. It's been a while. She mother's getting married. David yeah. so all, all of these other all these kind of feelings. So something I never even thought of until you made me look at these episodes again, Pete, <laughs> is that so when we start our summer episodes, she's on the rebound from Jake. And That's so right. she pursuing Dylan on the rebound. That was so they're a, both bad. 
that was a key piece for me too because I have never really dove too deep into Melrose, and so watching that, I it, it gave more clarity to what was going on with Kelly at the time of this whole at the time of that whole thing with with. So maybe maybe Team Brenda gets like a lot of points now for that. Maybe. Speaking of Team Brenda, we're going to Mexico. Let's talk to Drew about this. Um, well, Chuck, you never thought you were going to Mexico, right? So yeah, you know, we, were going, we knew we were going to Malibu <laughs> when we, you know, in, the, in our fifth season, Diane, we went to Cabo. Duke Duke <laughs> Vincent had a friend at the big nice hotel down there, and they, they got to be a big. It was almost they made a movie in uh, on the nine hundred two one zero tab. It was fun. Right? <laughs> I think Larry was in, we were in Malibu for this one. Larry was yeah. in a plane almost in a plane crash with Tim. Yeah. Hey. All right, but 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 in the, in Duke Vincent's plane, but in this in this in this time you knew you weren't going. So you for Drew, you guys get told we're gonna you're gonna have to create Mexico in some ways, right? So what is that process like for you? Well, you know, in those days that's that's pre-internet. So you couldn't just go to a computer and say, give me pictures of Mexico. Mexico. You had to go to the library. Or uh, you know, so some of the times we went to um, the Warner Research Collection at the, Bur at the Burbank Public Library, where you'd call and say, "I need pictures on Mexico," and they'd pull out like four four feet of photographs from all this research from a hundred years, and then you go look through them and make copies and take whatever you want. You paid for their time, um, but it, it, you know, interestingly enough, it, it worked out perfectly. I had a, a college buddy who left school, joined the Marines, went to Gulf War One. He got out of the Marines the very same weekend that I needed to go take pictures in Mexico. So I went to Pendleton and picked him up and we spent the weekend driving through Mexico. So I actually went to Mexico to take pictures and figure out what it was we were doing. So we drove down through Tecate and drove through Mexico to uh, Ensenada from there. And so just, did you take those shots? Was that your camera, your video that got the guys who the trinkets walking through the? No, no, I think that was just uh, that was just some stock that they that they picked yeah, up. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, it looked like I stock pictures but, of of all that stuff, you know, on the way back. So I mean, I wish I still had them because I had like you know twenty folders full of photographs, mm -hmm. of restaurants, and people on the beach, and you know, little trinket stands and phone booths and. Like the I thing that, say, you do, you do have a telephono booth, so you know we we, we got that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny you mentioned California University. That, that, so I had to make that telephono logo from a photograph that was kind of like you know at an angle, out of focus, over somebody's shoulder, and that's what that was my memory looking at the episode, going, "Oh my God, I remember drawing all those letters." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about for you, uh, Diane, putting some of the outfits together for Mexico? I mean, Dylan, we, we see Dylan like in this picture. He's wearing this crazy Hawaiian shirt. He's on vacation. Uh, what, what, what do you remember about that? Well, um, most of my memory goes to Shannon because yeah. we made clothes. Um, mm -hmm. we, those were designed and made, a lot of those for Shannon. Um, but, um, you really think that's a Hawaiian shirt? It looked more palm to me. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, it's yeah. palm. It's palm. I'll, 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 give, I'll give you it. Yes. It didn't look Hawaiian to me. It looked festive. It's festive. So, um, and it also fit into the color scheme. So, <laughs> you know, I'm all about color. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, um, it, it was great. It was fun. Uh, what I tried to do with that Mexico uh, theme, though, 
was when we were at the beach and back from Mexico, I used the um, Mexican poncho on Dylan, the hooded. It was, I believe, cream with black printing on it. So I mm -hmm. tried to keep the Mexico thing going because mm -hmm. he went down there to surf all the time. I felt like that was established. Yes. Um, and Drew, the I noticed that the um, little hotel that they went to, the little motel, looked yes. yep. so great. It yeah, that, so that was a set. I totally forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. That was well, that's how we had to do it. You could not, I mean, we got down the road a little bit and we could show a, a, a tight angle of them, um, you know, on the beach. I did, all, we had, all of us did notice in the watch along that first time though you see a wave, it was like post-production must have forgot we needed a shot or something because it just doesn't look, it looks like, oh, there's my, we're Malibu. Oh, no, no, we're not. There's a chicken. You know, it, it wasn't the right shot at all. Um, but the uh, but you had to do that with the set. So the it was beautiful, the motel and the courtyard dancing restaurant, which looks like any restaurant in, in Cabo or, or you know, Encinita, whatever it would be. It, it very authentic, both of them. Yeah. I want to show a couple of the um, the Jim Walsh blowout scenes here in a second. But one of the things that's happening, too, is we're building to uh, Jackie and Mel's wedding. And so I went out and asked Mel to join us. And uh, hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, man. Matthew. Hello. <laughs> Hello. That's right. Matthew Lawrence, uh, good to see you again. Well, um, it's been a long time, Peter. <laughs> yeah, we, we're back to, we, we, we like couple weeks. Yeah. We, got, we got Kentucky, although Louisiana mostly, right? That's where you mostly are, right, Diane? And and North Carolina. We're all and New Jersey. That's right. Yeah. We're, 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 we're we're all over the coast, Perfect. all over the place, I should say. Yeah. Do you, Matthew, do you? Re I mean, obviously, you must remember a little bit of doing these wedding, this wedding stuff with Anne. Uh, we've talked about that here before. Uh, what is your thoughts on that? The, the, the couple of episodes where you you guys are getting married, they got you. Diane's got you in this incredible white suit and all this. Uh, what, what do you remember about it? You know, the funny thing is, uh, and we've talked about this when I've been honored enough to join you guys. Uh, that picture. Of all the the still shots from 90210, from nine years, that picture at the wedding of Jackie and I standing next to each other, people see the show and they pause it and they take a screenshot and text it to me all the time. And it's always that picture. Right. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, looking back at it now, I mean... You know, I, 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 could you dress me in that again? <laughs> I don't think you know, so. it's funny. That wedding got so much attention. I got, I was buried with letters from um, that wedding. Uh, where did you get this? Where did you get that? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Amazing. That's amazing. This and is an alternate take. There, I gave, I, gave the, I did, the, I did the kiss, but I, I went the <laughs> alternate take. But, uh, but really good stuff. Um, do you remember putting that stuff together, Diane? That their yeah. Well, the bridesmaids' dresses were designed and manufactured for the girls, uh, and those definitely received <laughs> the most attention. Uh, I got 
I can't say why. I can't say why would they? <laughs> I got so much fan mail from that. It was crazy. Um, wow. But I have a little story for you about those bridesmaids dresses. Go for it. When we broke for lunch, I we could not afford, as Chuck knows, to do doubles. Our budget was very limited. Um, so we broke for lunch, and I ran down to the fabric store to get I needed. I drove back up to the house, and the girls were playing water balloon catch oh, in oh their dresses. <laughs> oh my god! Uh -huh. yeah. I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> what was it? Was, and then on the back, and in the background is Lou Reed singing "Take a Walk on the Wild Side." What was <laughs> I was horrified. <laughs> So I walked over to them and said, girls, what are we doing? <laughs> We're like, water balloons. I went, not anymore. <laughs> oh, that was so crazy. But that wedding was so much fun. We, I, I had a ball on that episode. I, I loved it. Well, I got a story that I, about about one of the actors in that wedding scene. I think Matthew you might really liked it. I don't know if you drew it. Is that the only time you ever worked with Louis Arquette, or did you ever cross uh, that, at no, another point? That was the only time I think that we so, were. So you got to go flashback because we're in 1976, and I have just moved to Los Angeles. And Brad Gross, who was our first AD and directed episodes and unfortunately couldn't join us today because he actually directed the Mexican standoff portion of the, of the two um, gets me to be a PA uh, for an IBM uh, industrial film. It's a two week shoot. It's my first job after, in coming to LA after graduate school. And here I am and I'm running around and buying, going to Canner's Deli and doing whatever else. And the actors are pretty uniformly horrible to me, except for Lewis or cat. He's wonderful. And one of them is a guy from uh, uh, was from Firesign Theater, one of my idols, Phil Proctor, and he, oh didn't, he did not want to talk to me at all. No Firesign Theater chat. So I'm just doing myself. But Lewis was wonderful. So at the ramp party, I say, Lewis, why did you? Um, why were you so nice to me? And he says, you know, it was really nice. I appreciate it. Not knowing that he had famous family, I that he was, I did, you know, that he was Charlie Weaver's son. You know, all this real uh, legacy. And lineage, and uh, and he says, "Well, someday you may be running a studio, and you'll remember me." So in 1981, I'm doing a show called um, uh, with with Helen Shaver uh, that makes six episodes, goes off the air on this and CBS. An actor fell out. I called him, and he he got into that one. Jessica Novak was the name of the very forgotten series. And then this was the second time I called him. Well, get get Lewis. He'll do it. You know why do we need to have an audition? So. Um, be so the moral of this story, right, Matthew? Be nice to the PAs. Well, I think I told mm -hmm. you this before about I may not have about my very first job with which was with Sidney Lumet. Uh, oh, I don't know. I, wow, Jerry, uh, it was lightweight, yeah, lightweight, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and anyway, my very first day on a movie set, uh, for a movie called Prince of the City. When I got to the, we were oh. shooting at a house on Long Island 
And I got out there. I was very nervous. And Sydney said to me, we're not going to be ready for you for a couple hours. In that trailer, there's a big poker game going on. Go in there. It'll be fun. Six in the morning. And I went in and it was all the Italian guys that were all the actors for Prince of the City. They were all in there. All these guys from Brooklyn and and Jerry Orbach. Mm. And Jerry Orbach was, to every actor in New York, an icon. Sure. And I went in there and he asked me my name and who are you playing and sit down. And he was really great. Anyway, he was, when they finished, he started talking to me and asked me where I had studied and what I had done. I walked out of the trailer and Sydney came up to me and I said, you know, Jerry Orbach, on top of being one of the best actors anywhere, is the nicest guy. And Sidney Lumet said to me, and I never forgot it. He said, you're going to have a great career. He said, the bigger you get, the nicer you are to people. Don't ever forget that. Mm. that. That's what Jerry was. He said, the time to be a jerk is when you can't get a job and you have no money and you're sleeping on somebody's couch. When you're working and you have actual work, that's when you're the, just being nice to everybody. And that's Louis Arquette is a great example. example of that, that, that's uh, yeah. And I'm, Prince of the City, I haven't seen it a long time, loved it. I know it was, you know, because it came after Dog Day, people would go, oh, well, it's not Dog Day, but it was a terrific, <laughs> terrific movie. Yeah, it was. I was very lucky. Very and, lucky. you know, this was a, this was an awesome wedding. Uh, I'm curious for Drew. Uh, somebody's asking about, you know, shooting in Altadena and in that in the Walsh house or whatever, the, the people's house, the, the, that backyard. What was that like for you? And where, how were the neighbors on this? That was that was actually in Altadena, right? That the the wedding. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. actually at the house in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the working at the working at the house was always interesting, you know, because there was a guy who owned the house, and he seemed mm-hmm. to know when we were going to come do something. Like we needed to shoot in the front yard, so he got a bulldozer and pushed boulders across the front yard and ruined the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> And we had to paint it and we had to put sod down. And so every time something happened, we'd go out there and like there's a there's a great shot looking back at the house and you see the awning that we built on the back of the house, like covering the patio. And it had to be every piece had to unsnap and take apart because he didn't want it to be there all the time. So we'd leave and he would wad it up and throw it around the corner and it would get filthy and we'd have to remember to go do that. So there was always something going on there. But you know, the, the place, the neighborhood was lovely. And, you know, the only thing we ever ran into there was at, you know, 730 in the morning, somebody with their lawnmower and their blower two blocks away. And the location managers were running over to grease them to get them to go back in the house. <laughs> you know, honestly, the only, the only thing that ever happened, and I still can't believe I said this at the time, there was a there was a brush fire in Altadena and it was getting pretty close to the neighborhood. And there was a lot of consternation in the office about what are we going to do? And I said, let's get a second unit because if it goes up in flames, we're going to need the footage. <laughs> That's why. That's why it's Professor Kenny. That's why. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, that's great. I mean, it's good. How about for you, uh, Diane? I'm curious. Um, you know, just 
working with Shannon and we were talking a little bit about that and coming up with uh, some of the outfits and whatnot. Is there any of the outfits in Mexico or whatever that stand out to you or in the couple of this, these couple of episodes uh, that you really, you know, in, cause you said you made them all. Was there anything specific that you, that you liked that you made or that was a story of interest? <laughs> yeah. You're asking me if I liked my designs. <laughs> I, love <laughs> your, my your, I love all my children. All my children. I love each no, and every is one. There, is, there yeah, a, is there one that stands out to you that was a yeah, story? that's a better way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, well, whenever I think of that episode, it's all it was all about the bridesmaids' dresses. But um, uh, the Mexico thing, I just wanted to keep it real and festive. That's... That was pretty much it. Um, the girls were always a little bit overdressed. Um, but, you know, there was a, a fine line. The, the network always wanted the Walshes to have some reflection of the Midwest and not totally immersed into Beverly Hills. But by that time, it was really tough to hold Shannon back um, because that when you know awesome. when you're popular and the fans are looking at you you want to be hot you want to be gorgeous so um that was a perfect opportunity to break her out of the walshes and put her into california mm. so uh i just you know with the striped shirts and the and the uh multi-layered white top with the baby blue pants now that's at school. That's a totally yeah. different mm -hmm. thing than the vacation. Here's some stuff. This is when she's leaving, right? This is her here. That's the outfit I'm talking about. In mm -hmm. uh, yeah. you see the little multi-layered mm -hmm. uh, top and the pants. Uh, wanted to just give her a more updated look for that. Uh, a little bit older look since she was going away with Dylan for the weekend. Being a rebel. Huh? <laughs> Being a rebel. This is she Rebel Brenda. Rebel. Yes. Rebel Brenda. Well, I love Shannon. She was my, you know, I, I adore her. I loved working with her. She was fearless. She came up with great ideas on her own. And, um, and we worked together well. So it's easy to to a design for someone that's open-minded and uh, has that nice, thin, you know, model body. Uh, so um, she, kind of like she's me. always- kind of like No, yeah, ripped. What did you say? Like me. <laughs> yeah, open-minded and thin model kind of body. I can't- Exactly. Kind of like <laughs> I mean, speaking of thin model, though, can we talk about the Denise Richards of it all? Because that I totally forgot that she was there. Denise Richards at was the at this wedding. Yes. Do you remember that, Chuck? Yes. No. <laughs> Very young Is Denise Richards. She flirted with uh, Steve for like a second. Yeah. Had, like, That's one of the two that of girls at the wedding. One of them is Denise Richards. Denise Richards. Yeah. I was in... Um, I was in an, when I, I did a show for Showtime in Toronto in 2001. I was in an episode, I was in an elevator with her, and I had seen Wild Things three days before. 
It was really hard. I'm looking up at the thing. I don't want to just keep going. Anyway, I didn't know she was on the show. Yeah, yeah she's, she's, she's there. Yeah. Uh, any, did you remember that, Diane? Do you remember having any interactions with the young Denise Richards? Yeah, you know, I didn't know who she was at the time. I don't yeah. think anyone did. Of course yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, she was lovely, gorgeous, of course. But right. uh, no, I just, you know, I fit her in what I thought was appropriate for the wedding. And then that, that was it. I uh, just wanted to make sure it was sexy and add a little color to it and that sort of thing. But uh, no, I, I I don't have a strong memory of Denise. <laughs> <laughs> and for Matthew, I, I, you I know, remember how I did was. notice. I did <laughs> notice, we, though you didn't mention anything. We did the watch. Oh, no, those girls, both very cute girls. Yeah. You yeah. know, who were there. I wondered who they were friends with. And this is I had no idea, though. It was it was. Yeah. Uh, but for for Matthew, the show is obviously really huge, and they're ending the season with your wedding. Um, what was that experience like for you? Uh, being, you know, kind of the show now being this huge juggernaut at the time. It was mind-boggling, to be honest. Um, I remember shooting at the house, you know, when we were in our house, and coming out of there. I don't remember where we were, where the house was. I remember coming out of any of those houses where we would shoot and hundreds of people being out there on the street when we would be finished with a scene and we would walk outside and entire neighborhoods would be out there. Um, mm -hmm. the, the whole thing. And at that, by that point, the wedding, um, you know, for me, that wedding was awesome because I wasn't married. I didn't have a family. I was just being out there. And so I could finally call my mom and say, mom, I got married. You'll be really, <laughs> you'll be really happy and quit bugging me, uh, you know. Uh, so that was a good thing for me. And we've talked when Ann and I were on the show, how much I loved her. And, uh, but the show oh. itself was at that time was so, had gotten to be so big that especially for those of us who are a little older than the kids. Mm -hmm. And we would just stand back and watch what was going on and Crazy. everything that was happening to them, knowing that we were involved, obviously, in all of this, but kind of like the wedding. I mean, you know, Ann and I would stand there and look around and talk about what was the evolution of the show mm. at that point. And it was just, it was amazing it was amazing a lot of really really great stuff there all right matthew we're gonna say Again. goodbye Go ahead. do you have something well, for matthew just no i just thought maybe he'd want to hear this part before we say goodbye yeah, sure. i've been thinking about the the one of the reasons we do mexican standoff which of course bleeds into wedding bells blues, right is because we're doing shows that episodes that hulu does not screen does not does not oh. um uh, stream, I should say. Well, fair enough. Um, and it's because there's, there's, they don't do any that have live performance. So when these guys are singing feelings, oh. feelings that I'm feeling, you know, the, the guys, the, the, yes, and that's why they won't take it. Wow. That's the live why music. But, <laughs> but I now, unless we got to get Todd H to go back and maybe double check this if this really is on, because if Wedding Bell Blues, is in the Hulu collection. 
There was, they sang Blue Moon and they sang uh, uh, Stand By Me. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. so there, so I don't understand it anymore. There's, I thought I knew why, but I don't. Well, then I also sent you a message too yesterday looking at the, uh, the, 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 this plot thickens with the music replacement because in the Melrose Place uh, uh, replacement music, they're using some of the replacement music that they're using in the 90210 uh, replacement music. So it was like generically picked out. Uh, here we're going to a club. Here's so, so let's then say that they they did they, so the job they did was twice as bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we recycled shit. It wasn't yeah. just yeah. We recycle our own shit. So kind of like environmental movement, right? We're gonna pollute the airwaves, but we're gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Anyway, I, I stop on that. All right, Matthew, we're going to say goodbye to you. Thank you so much for, for, for joining. Good to see you, man. I I just you know. Matthew, I was thinking about you this morning. Do you remember when I called you about what my son said? I can't remember. I can't remember. Diane. Said, Mommy, where is my brother? And I called you, and you uh, referred me to the psychologist. Oh, Do you my recall Lord. that? Oh, Did my you forget? Lord. Holy cow. It's do you just, remember? I do remember. You just remember? Oh, my Lord. I want to thank you so much for that. You saved me. Oh, bless your heart. Bless. See, this is why this is so great. So many years later. Mm. That makes me feel so good. I was so excited when I saw you. I thank you. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Man. I love all you guys. Love you too, Matthew. Yeah. Good to see you as always. Um, yeah, wait, bye. going back to the... Going back to the music can confirm because I watched um, the one illegally today and then one on Hulu. But also, did you see that Paula Cole has struck some deal with Sony, so they're getting the Dawson's Creek theme song back on Netflix? Oh, that's great! That's good news. That oh, is. Good oh, news. There you go. There we go. Good okay. news to hear. All right, Matthew. We will see you. Good Bye. to see you, buddy. Yeah. Bye. I love you. you just blew. I think you just blew Chuck's mind on that. <laughs> well, the fact is, I'm a profit participant of Dawson's too. So three cheers for Sony. <laughs> Not being in two cocksuckers as CBS. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what kind of deal, but Paula Cole was like said she was sick of getting DM, so they yeah. struck some deal. I don't so know. Getting, I don't want to wait. Hey, this is what I get my annual check. So we'll see if it makes a bit of difference. <laughs> Business uh, lesson number three. Yeah. All right. Another thing that's happening in this, we should, we, we really have to talk about, is uh, is this. Let's just show it. Hey, Mr. Walsh. It's not that we didn't believe her, but we have these rules and regulations. Right. They're right in there. Hello, Brenda. Dad, hi. Sir, I can explain. Let's get out of here. Dad, I'm sorry about all this. Brenda, we'll talk about it later. Uh, well, it's always thank you, StreamYard, for that for screwing up the the uh, how that played out. But he's not a happy camper, Jim Walsh, is he? But <laughs> <laughs> oh, this relationship has certainly gone too far, and I think it's time for the two of you to give it a break. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I just better go home. Dylan. It's okay, Brad. See you in school. Ooh. Tomorrow. Not not happy. Um, 
I feel oh, like the relationship between Jim and Dylan is so like underrated. Like there's so many layers there and like there's daddy issues, but then there's like heartfelt stuff. And I love that Dylan like wanted Brenda to tell the truth so bad. I feel like that says so much about like our bad boy, but we love him because he doesn't want her to lie to her dad. I love yes. that. I do agree with that. Um, writing some of this, Charles, about we've got a lot of questions on, on the Patreon about about that. Writing some of this stuff with Dylan and uh, and Jim Walsh. Uh, do you remember some of, putting some of that together? Yeah, a absolutely, absolutely. I, I uh, you know, uh, specialized in Jim Walsh conflicts with either Brandon or Dylan. Those are you know, and and um, you know, it's interesting that you bring up the the part about the father thing wrapped up because it, I think this is one of the only times it really gets articulated, mm. and that you see that. Um, how his relationship and self-esteem changes when Jack McKay comes into his life, even though it 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 takes him to the very edge with you know child is the father is the man, uh, and you know uh, nonetheless um, you know he is more although he, it, you never would be resolved with with a situation like that 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 he's much stronger. I think I think at one point, maybe it was in season five. I don't know exactly when he when he said whatever you know the Nietzsche line, whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. But that kind of became Dylan's mantra in in, in a sense. But he's not strong here, not in this episode. He's not. And I think that how it goes into the the, the zeitgeist of of nine hundred two and zero was that Luke had played this before once twice and this was like the third time around the block doing the same plot mm -hmm. and so part of him coming to me at the end of season two and then when you look at the wedding you know he's he's kind of alone he's frustrated i'm grabbing for a drink I'm, i mean he's on sorts and he went you know you gotta make it be more than that for me you know he he if you, you know look at that i think he really did feel like an appendage that that, that his the person he cared about maybe most in the whole universe, in the 90210 universe, Jenny was going over to Melrose, you know, and, and what did that mean in, in, in terms of us? And what did that mean for his character? And that's why he basically said back to me, I want to work with the blonde. It was, I want her back. Don't, don't cut that loose. You know, I mean, so he was the one in the festivity of it. I don't know if that it, it would that I don't, because he was a, a total pro that would not have come up on set that wouldn't have come up you know I'm at this point and and if Luke was here he'd be putting his spin on the memory of the same story because it was a major turning point uh, in getting to season three and and what went beyond there'd be no triangle without those out those without that conversation. Yes, I want to welcome our friend, and a lot of people asked about that. So, uh, Jason, I think that answers your question. Uh, I want to say hello to our friend Larry Mullen, who has been uh, away, and he's dropping in to say hello. It's always good to see you, Larry. Um, well, <laughs> are we rolling, Bob? Uh, yes. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, hi, Sarah. Hi. And, hi. and I don't think I know Diane, but I certainly know her work, and it's wonderful. It's my Larry. Larry, uh, yeah. Carried the show for many years. Yeah, I and to ask uh, you, uh, Larry, while we have you here, um, you watched this show with us on the watch along for the first time, and I, I did. And, and I had some, uh, I had some, you know, look, first of all, it's always uh, 
really wonderful to to see these these legendary uh, uh, seminal episodes. You know, and I kind of you know have to say I didn't get to see them. We were moving, the train was moving so fast when I came in season four. I didn't really couldn't indulge myself in every one, but I did read the recaps. But it was it was great to see, and especially because of their relationships. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the Dylan Brenda stuff, the playfulness between them. And, you know, I mean, people expect me to talk about the kissing. I know they do, Pete. You know, don't try to pull it out of me. I'm going to tell you right now. But there's some really wonderful kissing there. There's there's like lingering lips. There's really, it's very convincing. And then there's also what the, the youth parlance for the time would call dry humping. And, uh, uh, and that well, he pretty... needs to be time. he's talking about the span from you know 1928 till you know and and i was you know it was pretty shocking for the time god bless chuck for getting that through i'm sure he had to fight a little bit to keep the cuts there and that was but it's great to see the the playfulness between them and then you get to also see the other relationship of Jake and Jenny. And, and it really kind of sets up, you know, Jenny's flirtatious character. Because, you know, when, when I came in, maybe she always was the girl who had a little bit of a reputation and stuff. And so you see kind of good moments of that, that she's already really fallen for the guy. And I really like how they, uh, they showed the guy off. And, you know, he looked pretty damn good, I thought. You could see this guy was a star. Uh, which was nice to see, and uh, and then just the treatment of Jim, you know, uh, Jim and Jim and Brenda stuff, uh, the way that was playing was really delightful, I thought, and, and set up a lot of good stuff. So it was real fun to say, well done, guys, well done, making. You now the Malibu, you know, the Mexico stuff. Looking at it now, it's not, you know, it's okay. He got away with it. Didn't cost any more money. Chuck was concerned with the budget, I'm sure. But uh, can, what, how was the? Uh, I know Chuck. Chuck, forgive me. I know you were you were upset with the. Uh, with the establishing shot, it looks like Santa Monica Bay. Um, <laughs> if you would have come on sooner, Larry, you would have actually heard. I know. The other thing that eating, bugged me was eating just a lobster. Thing. We having lo is it lobster dinner tonight? Are you a you friend? It was swordfish dinner tonight. But tomorrow okay. I'm going to be back in the lagoon harvesting uh, quahogs uh, to make my friends right. casino for another dinner. We've got some New York friends. All in. right. Yeah. So, but that was, it was great stuff to watch. You know, I really, you know, it's always a, a privilege to watch that stuff and know, to hear the backstories on the Larry, you're wearing the awesome shirt. I saw I it. I, it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, it's, black. it's fantastic quality. I was recommended for all those, especially the slammers out there. You want to have this stuff, I think. Yes. And next week we're going to cover, uh, Chuck will not be with us, but we're going to go, we're, we're driving into season seven for an ep or with an episode called Jobbed. Right, which has yes. got the debut of Tom Miller and uh, the ending of Mark Reese. So there is a lot to talk about. We're putting all that together. And don't look for it on Hulu. No, it's a it's a non-Hulu episode. Yeah. Anyway, I'm so glad uh, to crash your party. Um, Thank anyway, you, Larry. Carry on. And <laughs> Thank you, my man. It's always good to see you. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye, Chucky. Bye-bye, everybody. See you Sarah. later. Um, I hope this works, but our friend Caitlin, you know, in wedding in wedding bell blues, there is this great letter that uh, that um, Cindy Walsh sends to Dylan. So uh, there was some t outtakes of that, I guess. Hopefully, this plays. Let's see. Dear Dylan, I'm not upset with you for taking Brenda to Mexico. I'm just disappointed that you didn't ask me first. I, mean, I always thought you were attractive. That's inappropriate. 
Jim is totally overreacting, and if you just give him a little bit of time, he'll come around. That's not right either. Come on, baby. Be a supportive wife. Jim is totally in the right, and I am severely disappointed in you for taking our little girl to Mexico. Brandon, turn that music down, damn it! <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing because, yes, it was very effective. And I remember being moved by the way that she wrote. She did the voiceover on that yeah. letter. But it's an interesting thing when you think about it because, you know, that, that is – and maybe, again, factors into what Luke's in my conversation. That's a soap convention. Mm-hmm. The voiceover with the letter being written like that. And it's a very soaped out. Steve and Jessica, hi, Jess, if you're listening, miss you. Feel miss better. You. Yeah. Um, that, But it's a soaked moment. And it was, it was a different, this was really, we're moving into to a different TV show than those first two seasons where it was about the, still about self-contained episodes in the social drama. This is, this is, this is the shift here. This is, this is it. Because that's the, that, that really is the convention. And yeah. uh, the only thing, well, I do want uh, two things about this episode real quick. I know we're getting near the end. So I just yeah. wanted to, to point out one thing that there's that moment when uh, Kelly comes out to with Jake and right before their first kiss. And she says, so you you may go to leave without saying goodbye. That whole scene. Three times. That's where we find the uh, perennial 90210 boom. Not only did once, not twice, but three times, right in that crucial scene. There it was. Go back to see it. You'll see the boom shots, three of them. True. Do you have a take on the boom being in so many of these shots? I mean, I don't. It's not your world, but I'm. Curious. It was. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. It was the framing, right? The framing that we used at the time to do it on Fox. I think is different than the wider one. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I, I yeah. can't believe I looked at those frames and said, okay. And there was always booms everywhere. So I feel kind of when I'm making fun of the production, you know, I got the mirror on me, believe me, because yeah, I don't understand TV why there's so many booms. Go ahead. What was that true? The old TV safe was smaller based on the CRT instead of the 16.9 resolution. So some of that is different over time. And so when we're like, when, when the idea was coming that we were having <laughs> things at a higher resolution, then we had all those boxes inside the mat and they right. were going. Or TV safe because that was what was airing on the on the network, not you know just outside of that TV safe. They, frame. You know, that was the irony too. Here was Fox with Attitude, the cutting edge network, and for finance. <laughs> I know it was for financial reasons, but nonetheless, they chose not to go ahead and get into the forefront of the new digital technology. They went backward, so mm-hmm. we mixed in audio. We didn't even mix in stereo. And then sometimes in the bottom, you'll see mixed in stereo. It's mixed in audio. You know, we may have had a stereo system. It was audio. You know, it was uh, our friend Kristen McIsaac says the boom is the ninth main character. So, right. Yeah. And, and, and a good one. Never ask for residuals. It's really great. You know, it just shows up occasionally. Also, Drew, people want to know more about putting the, the wedding set together and, uh, you know, and, and dressing uh, the set for a wedding. Uh, what is that process like? There seems like it's a very detailed, um, a detailed. It, it's like putting on a wedding. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you still need all the, you know, basically you have to set up for the wide shots. So basically you have to set up an entire wedding 
And then, you know, the, the, the hardest part, honestly, is just logistically, there's so many pieces that you have to deal with, with the crew moving around that you end up having to have so many extra bodies just to deal with resetting things all the time. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a, it's a wonder that some of those more complicated things like that don't have more booms in them, frankly. Mm -hmm. Uh, one more scene I want to show because I think this is just absolutely epic. It really reaches a whole other thing. Dylan, I was just talking to Brenda. Tell me how you're feeling. And I was beginning to realize that maybe I'd been a little unfair. You don't have to apologize to me. I, I let my temper get the better of me. I'm sorry for that. You know how we all feel about you, Dylan. Thought I did. I thought there was some special thing going on between me and your family. So I trusted you. Like a father, man. Not just with my money, but with my feelings. Well, Dylan, that trust is a two-way street. I mean, imagine how we feel. When I know how you feel! But at least when my dad was pissed at me, you would hit me. I could look at the bruises and know they'd go away. Come on, Jim! Take a shot! Let me know how you really feel. Said, now you need a drink, huh? What I don't need is you telling me what to do. Then I suggest you go home. Yeah, you're damn straight. I will. And another thing, I want your hands off my money. You got that? I mean, just such an awesome scene. I thought it was worthy to show what a great performer Luke Barry is and James Eckhouse. Um, Diane, do you want to talk about Luke at all? I don't know that we've talked about. Have you had talk? Sure. Um, you mean in terms of the wedding? Or just generally speaking, but sure, you can talk about his, his work, what you saw out of him and getting to know him and as a performer. Well, um, he was a total professional um, all the time. Um, he was very easy to work with. Like I said before, we didn't do the James Dean thing on him, but kept him in the same period. Um, this particular scene, you guys may not have noticed it, but I did. His clothes, and it was done on purpose, his clothes were kind of mismatched. Um, and the, in other words, he had on a double-breasted jacket, like he bought that at the thrift store. Um, and and his and the color of his clothes needed to re reflect his mood. Mm -hmm. um, you know, drab, not festive at all, not up. When you're down, you don't go to your closet and pick something bright. So uh, all of that is in keeping with his mood. And then with James, um, so that they would meld together, he basically had on his summer suit um he wasn't very fond of having the wedding at the house in the first place that's right there's that yeah so he would not have decked himself out either so it mm -hmm. worked out pretty good in terms of that scene and the and the clothes being uh completely undistracting of of anything other than what the actors were playing that was and my then, but yet but yet really reinforce as you say reinforcing the moods the the fact is is that as the way that that 
Dylan looked as opposed to the way that Jim looked. Jim looked great in his suit. It's a really nice suit. I don't think it was any disrespect that he didn't put on the light shirt or that he no, it was no, like no, an no. outdoor wedding in the afternoon. You know, it was respectful. Washes. Uh, yeah. Nobody, you know, but like Dylan at the same time was also a statement. The statement, you know, I don't want to be here. Yeah. My motivation for that scene was, you know, there's an old costume saying, if you don't notice the clothes, then we've done a good job. So this is one of those scenes where you don't want the clothes to distract mm. from the intensity of the scene. And that was my main motivation for that, mm. was to let the actors be and let them do their thing and not have the clothes become part of any other attention but what the actors were playing. That was the main thing for me. And for you, Chuck, you get you see that episode. It's ending, right? You see that big thing. I mean, you guys are off to the races at this point, right? Isn't this going to be the start of all things that, that are to come? Ratings are good, right? What's, um, what's the reaction? Very, this was a very, uh, yes. It, it, in fact, the whole uh, arc of, of season two, where we started at the number 19, we ended up at the number 21-4. And the fact of the matter is, there was the most, as we've said, there were other episodes that were more than we were at the end of the season. But that in, in May, May is all, our highest no, aggregate numbers were in November. More people watch TV in November because you're inside, it's it's colder. So we, we got, you know, but it was, everybody was very happy. And we were already, yes, we were definitely to the races. Karen was already writing Paris. We were thinking we might, Jeff Melman uh, directed this uh this episode of, of Wedding Bell Blues, and he was turning around getting ready to be the director in Paris before we were told, you're not going to Paris. But, um, uh, but, but it, it did set us up for the summer. It set us up, Luke, Luke's uh, whole mantra set us up for looking at it a different way and started to take this. And the, and the whole issue that, that, that one of the things that Diane brought out and talking about the, we didn't have doubles for the pieces of clothing in by season three, that wasn't as much of an issue. We had more money in our television series. We were already we we, we the, the argument about we can't do it. What are you talking about? Yeah, we <laughs> were beggars. here. If we that's right, we weren't beggars anymore. We may not have been. Uh, we may not have been able to. Uh, you know, always go out in the town. You know, go high high rollers, but we weren't beggars anymore. That's for sure. Yeah. Looking back, uh, episodes still, I think they still hold up great. Um, how about you guys? Sarah, what about you? Yeah, so good. They go together so well. Such a huge contrast. You mentioned the clothes. It's so funny because we talked about that palm tree shirt that was like very bright for Dylan. Now we're in the suit. Love it. Um, the only other thing I wrote down was I loved that the Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell reference stands up because they're still together as the celebrity brain of mine. When yeah. Jackie mentioned maybe we shouldn't get married, we should be like Goldie and Kurt. It's like probably very rare for all these references to hold up. That also held up. So that was fun. That's, <laughs> that's very good. Yeah. Um, great work by all of you on this, Diane. I, we always love having you on here. Thank I can't, uh, I can't explain it to you enough. People go nuts whenever we say you're coming on here because they're obsessed with what you what you created. You created a look uh, that 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 is bigger than nine hundred two one zero that helped to define the nineties in in a lot of ways. So just thank you for. Thanks. I'm here. Amazing Drew, that you remember too, by the way. Like your you memory know, is amazing. <laughs> the home phone 
And it reminded me that we had beepers, right? And the beepers oh, would yeah. go off on the freeway. <laughs> you yeah. have to get off the freeway and make the call. It, well, and it's also funny, like nowadays, it just would have been a text. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, Cindy, Cindy would have just texted Dylan. What's going on? You coming to you coming to wedding? Question mark. Right. <laughs> Brenda, like... Brenda would have have to left her cell phone at Kelly's house so her mom can't track it because find my phone. Right. You know that's right. what parents do now. So she would have just left the phone there, and her dad would just look like, "Oh, she's definitely at Kelly's, not in Mexico." <laughs> right, right. And Cindy I was going to send this whole pager thing to my daughter the other day, and she was just, "You guys had what?" And I said, "Yeah, oh, I the pager would go off. It'd be nine one one. I got to call immediately." And you get off the freeway. And there were no payphones because they took them all out after crack. Yes. So you drove around for 20 yes. minutes to find a, to, to find a phone that, that you could crazy. call the office. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to wrap up, but there is it's all getting cell phones. There is one question that Lisa asked that's a little bit of a, 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 a left field question, but it's a good one. Uh, she wants to know, hi, Lisa, it's always good to say hi to you. Uh, my question is, uh, if, if you were going to write a show about our current generation of teenagers, what kind of resources would you use, if any? So I think that's a, a, a really good question. Uh, Chuck, it's probably for you to start that answer to that. Resources? Hi, Lisa. What do you mean by resources? <laughs> I don't understand. I just I don't quite understand. Well, I, I kind of took it as, you know, what Drew was talking about earlier, not having some Well, of I would have trouble. I would have trouble. I mean, I, right when you're talking about it, because to do it today – because I, I'm not conversant with the technologies. You know, we, it, was, it was easier in the early 90s to, it was, it was a, it, given the machine here or there, it was virtually the same technology as had been in the 80s and, or the late 70s. It, it wasn't all that much different. There were, you know, pay phones. And the, one of the things, of course, that the cell phone freed up and made it much easier to do shows, and I really saw that, a few years later than 902 and Owen shows that I would do is by him, the cell phone, you weren't trapped to, I'm on the phone. It's a static shot. I've got to talk. The person could walk around. You could get a lot more going on in something like a phone call that yeah. you couldn't before, but I, I, I really wouldn't, I wouldn't be very good at that, that part of it, you know, how people treat each other, how this, what reaction could be, what would be, different those kind of things yeah but the the resources of i know that brian austin green firmly believes that that we would not have been the hit we were in a digital age that this was before the internet and people were curious and they we were the outlet we were the ones that showed them things they hadn't seen pictures of or, or looks of and if you have every if everything is on uh you know, in it, it, you know, you can get to via Google. Then it's. I was going to say, and for Drew, for Drew and Diane, it's it's the it's the Google, it's the internet references of how you're finding things that you like. For you, is that what you'd say it is true? To today, absolutely, yeah. But, but you know, it's it's interesting, like trying to say trying to do this for that same sort of age group today. I mean, my daughter's 21 years old. Oh my God, they're so different. You know, social media and the internet is has so changed the way that generation does things. I yeah. that would be a really difficult thing to try to develop a narrative that involves that. You know, because like my daughter likes watching YouTube videos. I, I, I'm not quite sure how you compete with some of that. Yeah, you know? there's not a lot of there's not as much yeah. in, personal interaction either. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I had trouble, by, by the way, after doing nine, 
by the after doing 90210, that that fact that the fact that you know when in the network era we had the all the attention of the world. We you know it, it was very easy. It was ratings. It was TV Guide. It was the three. Net, you you have you. That's the world you were in. And and when you had a hit like we. Whatever that would be, and I know all the, those shows must felt the same way. You kind of feel sometimes like you're the center of the universe. Sure, yeah, I sure. don't think that many shows feel. They may know we have a hit, we have fans, we have this, we do this, but but you know, Game of Thrones, center of the universe. Well, you know, yeah. that's not easy to be in this in this era. For sure, to, to really, you know, because I think it's really difficult. So again, you that whole. There was a line in this show that I never caught when we were doing it. I guess I was just super busy doing two right. weddings. <laughs> but um, it was when uh, Jim said, and and remember the time when we thought uh, Brenda was pregnant. He was talking to, I was like, what? I don't remember that. So was there an episode where... I think she gets a pregnancy. She's a pregnancy scare. No, it was. Uh, it was. No, it we was, did that. Yeah. It was a milestone. It was. She thought she was late. She missed her period. They found her uh, Tampax. It set him oh, off. That's yeah. attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but you mentioned two weddings. We didn't even talk about Brenda's fake wedding dress. No, oh, yes, wild. I don't mean that. I mean the pregnancy test. Sorry, guys. I know what you meant. I know what you meant. I know what you meant. <laughs> Pregnancy um, test. But the, the, they don't remember that, and that's why they broke up, and that's why uh, REM gave us losing my religion and all that. That moment, that was sure. all in the same frame. I was uh, so busy on this show. You were a busy lady. Yes, you were. I was just, you know, who's where? <laughs> uh, Sarah brought up the the this dream here that Brenda has of uh, oh look how nice that tux. I'm just I'm just imagining all the Brenda Dylan fans are going bonkers right now. This is this was this was the end game right here for them. But and 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 I get it, guys. So, uh, but what about that having to do the second wedding dress and uh, and set up, Diane? Oh, it's fun. You know, it's great. It was really great. And didn't Luke look? In that yeah, that vest was beautiful. We we never really saw him put together, right? Yeah. Uh, and this Very handsome. It. So, and, and the hair, again, the hair. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Gorgeous. Uh, right. And Shannon loved this gown. We were, we were simpatico on this completely. Uh, she made it very easy to do. And, I, you know, I just love dressing Shannon, so... Um, I had a great time on it. I thought she looked beautiful and he looked great. <laughs> Very awesome. Good stuff. One more thing real quick. Andrea doesn't think she's invited. <laughs> she, uh, you know, once Kelly saw that hat, it was like, oh, yeah, well, you should be invited her or not. <laughs> uh, really well, Andrea, Andrea needed to be a little... Uh, you know, a little bit of a black sheep. She needed to be the odd man out. So yeah. Yeah, she looks cute. Did. Very cute. Sure. Yeah. Chuck, one more. Maggie asks, I, this is a good one for Charles. Did you ever have a Jim and Brenda curfew conversation uh, with any of your children? Uh, I was, you should know that, you know, and probably could guess when, the kids ever wanted to do something out of the ordinary? 
having to do curfew or wanting to go to Coachella when they're 14. Um, they don't ask their mother. They ask their dad. They know where to go. You want to have the, after the cast party, the high school cast party, have the sleepover at the Rosen house? Sure, kids, come on over. <laughs> I, I, I liked when I was in high school and junior high school, so I wanted my kids to have a good time too, and I think they did. They still talk to me. There you go. Yeah. The, the, Chuck, the evidence is you have a fish head for a daughter. She, yeah, she's a fisheroo. I don't get it. I know, you know, I, 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 dead man, but I know you you go you're probably bi. You go both ways on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This has been a lot of fun. Uh we look forward to seeing you both again next time. Chuck, I will see you on a Zoom after this. Uh and that's it. Good night, everybody. We will be back next week for jobs with Larry Mullen. Have a good one. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. Nice to see you. Bye. Good seeing you. <laughs>